0: Uh, um, Well, as long as you don't put our video, that's fine (laughs) with me. We have begun recording. Welcome, everybody, to the Peace Alliance Department of Peacebuilding campaign uh, call. This is, as we've been talking about as we hop on the line, uh, number one in a series of four calls here in September 2021 uh, for leading up to advocacy days that start on September 27th. And we're just reviewing a couple of the speakers' presentations from last year and seeing what more dialogue we can have around the points that they raised in those talks then. And again, it was optional to review them before the call. And if you didn't have a chance to, certainly encourage you to to go ahead and review it after the call. It was really inspiring for me to re-listen to Marianne uh, presentation uh so we just had a couple more people join the call deborah among them and anna and so if we want to do very brief check-ins people just want to say hello where they're from and something about how they feel about a department of peace building being enacted <sighs> no i'll go (laughs) i'm laura and
1: uh, i'm from northwestern pennsylvania which is otherwise known as the pennsylvania wilds and uh i'm gonna be one of the presenters tonight and um how do i feel about a department being uh excited okay
0: Okay. kendra would you like to go next
2: (laughs) i was Watching Donna and thinking, OK. Um, I'm Kendra Mon in, in Washington State and on the road full time now. And uh, I'm with the National Department of Peacebuilding Committee. And how I feel about the peace building is always inspired.
0: Thank you, Beth. Would you like to say hello to us? Sure,
3: yeah, I was gonna say I feel um inspired
0: and more hopeful you know as we continue to build on it um you know, especially as far as uh you know ending uh wars, but I recognize that you know it's more about uh you know, the absence of war, I, uh, you know, would like to see, uh, you know, the end of gun violence and a whole lot more.
4: Yeah. And nice. I'm from St. Paul, uh, Minnesota.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Donna, would you like to say hello to everybody? Um, hello. Um,
4: yeah, I'm, I'm Donna from, uh, Uh, Washington State, Seattle, and uh, how I feel about it. It should have happened a long time ago.
0: Okay.
5: Nancy? I'm Nancy from the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, I feel a sense of urgency and hope, and yes, why don't we have a department of peace already? What's up with that?
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Hey, Deborah.
3: Hello. Um, hi. This is Deborah. Hi.
4: I won't be able to participate much tonight, but um, I'm glad to be on the call and um, learning how sometimes we need to be in a protective space and um, try to be as peaceful as possible, but sometimes that, you know, how to get from a protective to a peace building place and still be protective is hard to, to know and hard to balance. And so anyway, um, that's where I'm coming from and I'm probably gonna have to mute myself now. So, and
0: hi to everyone. Thanks, I'm glad you could join us, Deborah. Dana. Hello
5: everyone. Sorry. Okay. Hi, Fernando. Jana's saying
0: hello, and then we'll go to you,
3: Fernando. Hello. Oh, hi. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're gonna have a Department of Peace building, and I think it's time. I think the time is ripe, and I think all your efforts for twenty years. I think now, boom! This Congress, we're going
0: to vote on it. Okay. <laughs> We here tonight are going to make that happen. <laughs> yes. So, Fernando, you weren't here at the introduction of of our introduction. So, just say hello where you're from and and how would you feel about a Department of Peace being enacted?
6: Well, I'm. Uh, my name is Fernando. I'm in Georgia. I've been here in Georgia for thirty years, and I'm with the DOP for the last since last what is. October something like that. So uh, I'm very excited to with the Department of Peace I think we have a lot of options and chances this time with the president pulling out of this war we've been participating for 20 years and sacrificing life for money for no positive outcome at all uh, to the to the best interest of the country, nor to the peace so, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to something to happen.
0: Great. And I'll just say I'm Karen Johnson from Chicagoland area. And when I think of the day that a <laughs> Department of Peace is enacted, I, I just feel relieved and, uh, and joyful in advance. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all. Uh, would we like to do a connection exercise before we get into the program. Anyone want to volunteer to lead us in connection? It's one of our traditions here for people who haven't been on a call for a while.
4: Can you explain what that means?
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, we base it uh, off of uh, the connection practice by Rita Marie Johnson. And we had an abbreviated workshop with one of her trainers. Uh, But it's essentially getting in touch with our heart space and connecting with the people in the room um, just to to be in a um, more peaceful state as we connect with each other and and do the work of peace building uh, on each of the calls. All right. Well, if no one else wants to do it, I will lead us. Yeah. All right. So obviously when, when Rita Marie's trainers do this, it's it's a weekend workshop. And so we've just abbreviated things over time and, and kind of um, used not exactly her process, but pieces from it and, and in the moment. So we usually start out with just a few long, deep breaths. So slow breathing in. feel it in our belly and in our heart and breathing out. It helps just breathing in peace and calm and joy, breathing out anything that is not. You know, hold in your mind's eye and also in your heart space something that brings you deep joy and comfort and experience a grandchild a place in nature and feel your heart just filling with love for yourself and all living things including the planet. feeling the presence of our feet on the floor or wherever they are, letting go of whatever we're dealing with during the day that we can to be more fully present here on the call with each other tonight as we focus an hour of our time toward the Department of Peacebuilding campaign and moving forward with its enactment. Yeah, welcome Roman to the call, who came on during our practice. We've got people from all around the country, so we've created kind of a peace circle um, coming up into the clouds and into the sky where we can intentionally spread peace to everybody in our circle around the United States as we continue on the call. All right. So uh, as many of you saw on the emails, tonight's four-part series um, of reimagining the campaign and peace building um, begins with reviewing the uh, spot from last year's summit that Marianne Williamson uh, spoke in. And we included the link ahead of time, but again, it was optional, whether you had a chance to to re-listen um to what Marianne had to say to us last year and you certainly are encouraged if you haven't already to to go ahead and find that link on the email it uh gives you the time marker on there so you could just listen to that 20 minutes if you like or listen to the whole segment Um, but Laura and I have prepared a few notes and for those who remember uh the call or the session or Uh, are inspired by something that we bring forth from what she shared with us last year then we'll have a discussion and and talk about um, those points or you can add points that stuck out for you if you listened to the call recently or uh, something we say reminds you of something she said last year for those with photographic memories on the call. (laughs) 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 Right Uh, so Laura's gonna Uh, start this off and we're just going to talk for you know two to five minutes a piece to kind of bring some points forward and then we want to mainly have a a discussion and then we'll end with some uh information about advocacy days see what people are have questions about or would like to know or or just do a quick overview okay laura did i forget anything or nancy anything else we want to say right at the beginning of the call that i i didn't include
5: um, I think just if we have time, we'll do a little bit on uh, Advocacy Days uh, congressional meetings at the end.
3: Okay, great. Laura. Okay,
5: so
1: I'll kick things off here. We're uh, again just focusing on Marianne Williamson's uh, presentation that she did last year for the 2020 Advocacy Days. And uh, if you haven't uh, reviewed her presentation. Uh, As Karen said, there is a link. And I think you have to forward to about the uh, 52 minute mark, that's 52 minutes and 45 seconds uh, to get into where Marianne starts speaking. But we're framing all of this within the context of how can we reimagine peace in our government and expanding to what it would mean to actually have a cabinet level Department of Peace. So that's kind of the bigger context. And then again, focusing on Marianne's presentation and how she sees that. So I had three takeaways after I listened to the presentation. I did listen to it last year and I found listening to it this year again was very fascinating. (laughs) Taking notes on it this year, I think I uh, was able to, um, you know, just be more present to what she was saying and all of the amazing points she made. But I, I had three main takeaways. Uh, the first takeaway was her point about, uh, the importance of having a grassroots movement for this and how to empower that, build and empower that grassroots movement. So she made a lot of good points about, um, how uh, change that we're talking about when you're talking about a, a building a culture of peace the change really has to be systemic and so it has to happen locally statewide nationally um, building from kind of the bottom up and that this change also really needs to happen as a shift in uh people's hearts so we're talking about a deep Kind of soul level change where people can really embrace peace and want to have create a peaceful culture uh, marianne t- uh, had a lot of great quotes she quoted uh dr martin luther king who and uh, she was talking about how king uh, said that the ultimate goal of the civil rights movement was to establish the beloved community So I thought that was a great reference to King that um, you know, there was the civil rights movement and all that was going on in that, but that the ultimate goal of all of that, as he saw it, was about creating the beloved community. And she also talked about um, Dr. King in the context of Gandhi and how um, Dr. King's principles of nonviolence were handed down from Gandhi so that there was kind of a lineage created and that both King and Gandhi emphasized that the change was needed in people's hearts and souls to bring about a systemic cultural change. Uh, Marianne talked about the importance of cultivating compassion for the pain and suffering of others and she talked about how our institutional systems are fragile and breaking down. I think we can all see that um, with things like economic breakdowns, the pandemic, environmental chaos, food shortages, nuclear threats, all of those kinds of things are pointing to how fragile our institutional systems really are. And she talked about how Uh, she had a great quote, she said, sickness is the absence of health. And she said, we need to get rid of this, rid of the deeper root causes of our problems. And we need a political healing at this deep causal level. So I thought those were all good points that she made about the importance of a grassroots movement and an an empowered grassroots movement in order to bring about something like a US Department of Peace building. The second main point that she talked about was uh, how our current political system is in a breakdown. Uh, She talked about what's wrong with our current politics and political priorities. These include an emphasis on corporate profits. Uh, She talked about how we organize our societies based on economic rather than humanitarian principles. And she talked about how a U.S. president is supposed to provide moral leadership. And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. especially in recent times, that has not always been the case. Uh, She made another great quote. She talked about, she says, war is the absence of peace and peace is not the absence of war. So that's a really great quote to think about. War is the absence of peace peace is not the absence of war. And she said, we need to put our conviction behind peace as a solution because conviction is a force that is multiplied. And she underscored that we really need each other because ideas are more powerful when they are shared. And she said that we really need to stand on... uh, uh, she said there is a there is a moral authority to having a Department of Peace, and that we really need to stand behind that moral authority. So I thought that was a great point. And uh, she said we need to take more care and concern for the common good versus short-term corporate profits. I think we can all see that. She talked about how the U.S. Department of Peace, this was la- or the Defense Department, last year. the the budget for the Department of Defense was $760 billion. I think it was almost a trillion dollars this year. And she compared that to the budget for the State Department, which is only $40 billion last year. So you can see where our financial resources are going much more toward war than diplomacy. Uh, The third main point that she made was that we need to develop a 21st century mindset in order to reimagine peace in our government. And by a 21st century mindset, she means uh, thinking holistically and proactively, being proactive. So being holistic and being proactive. And she talked about how we can create a new mindset, uh, about peace leading to more abundance a lot of times we don't always think about that but I think it's very true and we need to ask more the question what would love do in situations where we don't always have an answer but we can ask the question what would love do and find an answer from that question uh, she talked, she made a very good point. She said that human suffering should be seen as a national security risk. I thought that was a very excellent point that she made. Human suffering should be seen as a national security risk. Uh, she talked about the importance of having a peace academy, which is part of the legislation for a Department of Peace building and educating people in the ways of peace. And she talked. Uh, about needing members of Congress to really take up the bill and bring it to the floor of Congress to be voted on and passed. And finally, she said the key political question should be what would help people to thrive? And that if we could think more in those terms and get our politicians to think more in those terms, we would have maybe a better outcome with the bill. What would help people to thrive? I thought that was a great question and a great way to sum up her presentation.
0: Great. So Karen? Thank you. Yeah, and when Laura and I touched base, we we did have some of the same points that struck us um, and, and maybe a little bit different um, context and so forth. So I'm not going to repeat um, Uh, what Laura said, but there might add a little bit of emphasis here and there. But the things that struck me more overall was um, how she started out with saying there really isn't any more important of a conversation than what we're just discussing here today uh, when she was presenting a year ago. And uh, I know we've had other people talk, except Azim Kamisa, who we're going to focus on next week, saying nothing is more important, nothing is more important um, at the end of his talk at one of our our conferences. So I just wanna remind people, um, uh, including myself, of the importance of this work as we're bringing this uh, into the consciousness of more and more Americans and people around the globe with the Global Alliance that this is a very important conversation to be having Uh, in more and more places. And she referenced having uh, this conversation in different rooms and so forth. So that's what I'm kind of looking at is how do we expand these conversations uh, you know, among peace groups, but among people that don't have access to the kind of information that a lot of the people that we talk to in peace, different kinds of peace and nonviolence groups that haven't really been exposed to as much information as we have. So how do we bring this forth and expand this and contribute toward the consciousness uh, believing this is a no-brainer someday. So again, the, uh, the goal of the civil rights movement struck me again as well, to establish the beloved community. And we here with the National Department of Peace Building Committee uh, as part of the campaign have explored that behind the scenes a bit. How do we communicate within the committee uh, first as creating the beloved community together and then within the campaign calls and how we conduct ourselves with people in the campaign and people that we collaborate with and so forth. So um, just as in the early days with the Peace Alliance, uh, we had the commitment of being the peace we wish to see in the world as we're advocating for this department that would uh, institutionalize peace building and make it a priority in our government it's uh, sometimes easier said than done. And how do we explore that from time to time? And what kind of trainings and explorations do we do along the way? It's both an individual and a collective journey. And uh, so just celebrating that and that, uh, you know, certainly the Peace Alliance isn't the only organization. Uh, So many organizations are continuing that evolution into the beloved community. And that we are standing on the shoulders of the civil rights leaders and bringing this out in, in many ways as possible in, in the, uh, community. So the other thing is, um, she talked about, and, and Laura touched on this too, is, um, you know, relating to the conviction, but earlier on in the talk, she talked about what happened inside the hearts of so many people in recent years that, um, hatred and bigotry was, able to be harvested for political power and she just asked that question she didn't answer it but she also talked about um and and what about the people who don't have that hatred and bigotry in their heart were some of us being a bit complacent so to me it's like saying uh again we need to up our conviction level uh and that um sometimes people that are um lost in hatred, have more conviction than those of us that are trying to to love peace into expansion and existence and so forth. So really, again, looking at what is our conviction toward peace building and advocating for a Department of Peace building. Uh, another uh, four uh, sociological statistics that she brought up, and, and these touched Laura as well, and, and uh, I'm bringing these forth, that I hadn't heard before her talk and uh, she presented them as they're they're well-established. So uh, four factors uh, that um, raise the possibility of more peace and less violence in a community or in a nation or in the world are expanded economic opportunities for women, expanded economic opportunities for children, uh, a reduction of violence against women, and the amelioration of unnecessary human despair whenever possible. And that's where she's talked about early on in the campaign. And and again, that Laura brought up is that large groups of desperate people are a security risk. When we see that there's despair in an area, this is Black Lives Matter, seeing the same things happening over and over again for decades centuries um and not getting relief that this is um creating groups of desperate people uh and um certainly we've seen it more in third world countries when there's uh, desperation and and you know post-war like we're seeing right now in afghanistan with uh people facing death uh but um just reminding ourselves that that's Uh, an opportunity for intervention and reducing the threat of more violence when we see that there's large groups of desperate people. And again, what uh, Laura touched on is the economic aspects that ultimately a more peaceful world will be one that's more environmentally abundant uh, or economically abundant as well. And that the, it's actually more of a you know, short-term profits that are looked at rather than seeing the big picture of a more peaceful world will contribute toward more profits in the long-term, but it's also often sacrificed for the more immediate profits for companies. And we see that we could probably list 20 examples, you know, such as water. Uh, Recently, you know, the controversy about big companies wanting to get priority to bottle the water when local people, especially in California, don't always have the access. So it's the fight over who has more rights over water, you know, things that we need to survive. So then again, when she was talking about the conviction, um, she also talked about a shift from data to a focus of wisdom and courage. And those of us who were around in the campaign at the beginning she talked about that people would um, try to poo poo what we're working on as uh, naive or pie in the sky. And, but we were gonna come at them with data and statistics and show that these um, peace building and violence reduction modalities and programs have proven records and they're beneficial and they need to be expanded. So back then, it, there wasn't a lot of information. Things have changed in 20 years. A lot of this information is out there, especially with government officials who are being exposed to it. Maybe not in that much of the general population, but more in the general population. So shifting from data to wisdom and courage. Uh, Again, some of the things that Laura talked about and just being the change that we wish to see in the world. Uh, Again, like we brought up before, Um, being in the room and having these conversations and uh, yes, subjecting ourselves to criticism at times, but just standing boldly and and talking about uh, whatever we have learned about peace building and violence reduction and how establishing a U.S. Department of Peace Building will make peace building a priority and uh, uh, a sustainable peace uh, on the planet and in our communities. And with that, I think we'll open up to anything that struck anybody while we were talking or um, anything else that they've heard Marianne say about the Department of Peacebuilding. Who would like to start? You can raise your hand or just uh, start speaking in. Okay, Fernando.
6: Yes, I would like to start with, uh, last year I was in a forum with, uh, several members of uh, different organizations, the Institute of uh, Peace uh, Building, uh, part of the government and several other organizations as you mentioned before. And what struck me in that conversation, I, I explained to them that we are more focused on having a war strategies advising the government, the president, and we have uh, the the academies, uh, military academy, training people about strategies, intelligence, war, and all that, but nobody, but it's not a school of uh, peace building, peace development, uh, where a professional dedicated to peace rather than professional dedicated to war. We spend so much money, that's exactly what you were talking about. So that we have to uh, focus and spend more money and professional and reference to peace development, peace building, and they will advise the president, even though the president is gonna have all his generous intelligence and all that, also have the peace builder or peace developer they are focused on the, uh, a negotiation, conflict and resolution, and bring the advice to the president from that point of view, using a economic strategy and all that negotiation rather than intelligence strategies, how to win the war. Because after 20 years, we didn't get too far and we spent so many lives and all that. And In that conversation, we were talking about bringing or integrate in the peace academy, the peace development, I mean, the uh, military academy to integrate peace development and peace building as a part of the conflict and resolution strategies. So if we can get into uh, that mentality change the culture, so the president can have both sides, And in work should always be the last resource. And unfortunately, uh, our economy, uh, there are many companies in corporation, large corporations, they enrich themselves due to work. The, the gun manufacturer, the contractor that they're bringing, building and all that, they inflate the prices of whatever they are building, and we spend billions and billions, up to trillions, building roads that don't last a year, building showers, and, and they here will cost $20,000. They inflate, those contractors inflate the price of every 100000 for, $100, for a shower. I'm talking with base here because I have a brother who was a contractor working in Iraq for four years, inflating prices and, and all that. I mean, I'm I'm witness of that. So uh, I think uh, we need to keep pushing that we have to change the culture, the culture of the uh, military academy, that we had to invest on peace building development and use those schools that we have, like. Uh, you know, academies that they, they are teaching peace building. So that's what I might take out from last fo- the forum last year, and I wanted to share that to to our committee here. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, mirian did bring
0: up the the peace academy and the need for that, and for people to have a choice about how they would like to. Uh, Dedicate their life to service in the to the United States, and and not have it just be um, military, but to to dig, dedicate to peace building. Thank you.
7: Yes, Roman. Yeah, I think Fernando uh, made a key point as far as uh, why we still have a war economy, or we're concentrating on war. There's a lot of profit. There's so much money being made. You saw that in the uh, administration of Bush and so forth. These contractors are leading us dry in a way and bleeding the world in the process. But I'm wondering why, uh, is there a possibility of linking up with other national groups that are compatible with uh, our goals? I also thought that it would be a great thing if we got the uh, a lot of the black movements into this involved because I, I just read a statistic recently and I think Al Sharpton has said this too, that basically uh, what about the black homicides that occur on a daily basis. I think police kill a black individual maybe once every two days in this country. Every day there's 24 black homicides and 106, I think, uh, injuries due to gun violence. So the gun violence people would be would be somebody I think we should link up to. And also somebody, you mentioned domestic violence. Peace, if we have a peaceful society, it, it hits a lot of things and it, and it hits a lot of us uh, structural racism, and the uh, discrepancy in the in, in how people are treated in this country, because a peaceful society is a just society. Yeah. You know? And so, and then there's William Barber who does a Poor People's Campaign. Let's bring, let's try to bring peace everywhere. And I, I think uh. It's 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 an overriding concept that that can uh that can change our society if we ever get it together.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. And we've had conversations and continue conversations on how do we connect with our organizations and what we do and, and about the planet. Um, you know, so there are undersecretaries in the bill for those areas and more about our society, um, and looking for, you know, the next opportunity for advancement for more peace.
7: Yeah. And whatever happened to the Quakers you know, I, I'm 73 years old now, and the Quakers are such a vital part of the anti-Vietnam War movement. You'd think this this would be right up their alley, but I don't, know, I don't know how significant force they are now in in our society at this point in time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, they were not for a Department of Peace Building. They did not agree with the strategy. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that has changed. It sounded to me like it was a couple of key individuals there that. Uh, um we're not going to reconsider that so yeah That's
5: disappointing. Their, their strategy uh focuses more on foreign policy and um so we we never quite understood how they didn't see that most of our bill was relating to domestic uh violence prevention but they do have a strong lobbying, what is it, FCNL is a very strong yeah. lobbying group in uh, Washington, the Friends, Friends Committee. Yeah.
0: And it, it may be interesting to reconnect since the rewrite of the bill, you know, four, six years ago, where it's more of cooperation and collaboration rather than overseeing. I, I presented at a Quaker group, um, you know, early on in the campaign and had very strong reactions from a couple of people in the group, uh, mostly um, seeing it as naive that uh, the people in the Washington culture would uh, see the bill as anything but naive uh, in the way that it was structured and, and overseeing other departments and things. So, but that... Not in those words, but in other expressions, uh, was a concern for the Uni- United States Institute of Peace and other um, entities. So that is not no longer the main structure of the bill. Yeah. Yes, Nancy.
5: Um, so I, I thought it, it was interesting that you picked out um, Marianne saying we should now focus on uh, advocating with wisdom and courage. And um, I have no answers, but I'd love to explore that. What does that mean? What, what do people think that means?
0: Yeah, I was hoping somebody would bring it up because I don't know. <laughs> 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 but I think that's an interesting conversation to have.
4: I'm, I'm sorry. Can you just kind of repeat that real quick? Like the core what? of what you said?
5: what marianne uh one of her statements that we should move from focusing on data to advocating with wisdom and courage and so i'm just pondering what does that mean <laughs> practically yeah. speaking what does that mean what what yeah. should we be doing
0: yeah and laura had some thoughts but some of the things that came to mind there she then talked about going and speaking to groups and it reminded me of some of the things that were said in the campaign early on like Lynn McMullen used to talk about us being a bold action taking culture, you know, with regard to the legislation and peace building. And, um, you know, Dot would always say, go for the connection, not the convincing. So I think it's more about, you know, going for with wisdom and courage from the heart space, you know, like she's saying about being compassionate for people who are suffering, um, you know, bringing uh, that kind of, energy uh with wisdom and courage to people that don't know about this or don't know about it in a way that we know about it that's that's how i'm holding it for now laura what what came to your mind around that um well a couple things i'm trying to think about how to
1: condense it all um to me i see the problem a lot as how do we move away from a system and a culture that is based a lot on domination and control uh i read it some or somehow oh i was listening to someone who gave some statistics about afghanistan and they were pointing out that there were five companies u.s companies that made huge profits from afghanistan lockheed martin northrop grumman uh, you know, those sorts of companies, like five companies, that was it. And they like raked in all these profits. And a lot of that, I think, is coming from domination and control. And how can we shift from that into more of a partnership model? And I think there's the fear, the f- people who are trying to dominate and control are afraid of letting go of that control and having their needs met. And the people who uh, you know, want to be in partnership or maybe scared of what the dominating and controlling the bullies will do to them. So I think there has to be a balance or coming into that kind of balance. And then you naturally come into peace, but you have to overcome a lot of fear. So I was just going to read, I'm trying to be careful of the time, but, um, I actually, through I have a online business where we sell uh, material that helps people develop a mindset of a of a global leadership and balance of of a global leader and balance is a big part of that and uh, Nancy was asking how specifically do we cultivate courage and so one of the we have a card deck and one of the words in our card deck is courage so if we have just a minute I'll read that because it helps to answer answer Nancy's questions. So we say that courage is the ability to use the power of your heart in any challenging situation. Courage allows you to face and defeat fear. Courage helps you to grow through failure. Courage makes you comfortable with success. Uh, Your heart is the center of enormous magnetic energy. Your heart can orchestrate a complex flow of activity that goes beyond the comprehension of your mind. The more you open your heart, the more courage you possess. The degree of courage you have determines the expansiveness of your life. Perhaps you only see part of a problem, but your heart can help make you exponentially more aware of the totality of a situation. Courage gifts you with extraordinary insights and resolve. As a result, you act in easy and natural ways to move through both internal and external challenges and obstructions so that's a little bit about courage so how can we open our hearts more and maybe overcome fears that we have and help the dominating and controlling people overcome the fears that we have and come into more balance
5: Do we have something on wisdom uh no other than that we say our
1: whole all of our cards are comprehensive of wisdom but we say that wisdom is about insight so it's going beyond data and information and knowledge and coming more into stillness and what are the insights that arise from that using your intuition more
0: yeah emotional so maybe-
1: intelligence Janet
3: Jana
1: has something too. What yeah. cards are these? Oh, through uh, I have an online business and we have a we sell one of the things we sell is a deck of wisdom cards and it helps people to develop as global leaders. So, how can you be a, a you know, develop kind of universal leadership? I see
4: that. Can really- you put your link in the chat? Yep. Okay.
6: Right. Yeah. 16
3: Guidelines also has cards. The cards are very simple. They're just uh, the 16 guidelines. And one of them is courage. And I put the challenge for courage in this book. It's the F- FDCW. I don't know if you know it. And, um, and for wisdom, I guess the simplest thing would be uh, that humility relates to removing that eye, which is that enormous obstacle to seeing anything. So I'll, I'll stick the, if we don't run out of time, I'll stick the humility challenge in
0: here too. Okay,
3: great.
0: And Maybe As I- you're putting that link in there, Nancy, do you wanna talk? We've got like nine minutes left to the call. If um, anybody else have anything burning they'd like to say or ask about this before we just say a little bit about advocacy days? Yes, Kendra.
3: So I can make it short.
2: Um, first of all, going back, human suffering should be seen as a national security risk and then later desperate people and, and, I, and, and people in despair. And I just made that link that people in despair can become desperate, I, and I, you know, I, I just never made that link before, and the other thing I thought was, um, it's so easy to spend money on war. It's, there There are all these contractors, and there are all these um, companies. We need to make it easy to spend money on peace. You know, it's, it's just too hard, because we don't have, huge corporations, but somehow we have to m- develop that link. That was my only thought. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
0: And now we have music. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
5: Okay, anybody
0: else have something quick before Nancy tells us more about advocacy days?
4: All right, And does somebody right. I opened like, one of the links and it started to play. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. And does anybody know
0: how to save the chat down oh. at the bottom oh. where there are okay. three dots and then it says more. You click on those three dots and it has a save chat option. So then it'll it'll okay. save to your computer and you can go back and refer to them later. Yeah. So, um so you don't lose what's in there
4: well i just i just want to say real quick i love what laura said about um we often think about our own fears and everything about being activists and all this stuff but really thinking about the fears of um you know um the other and and it's like that's really a whole area to help them and focusing you know how to decrease their fears and so they don't think they're falling through the abyss
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and several years ago, and I don't know the name of the organization, I, but I heard that there was a nonprofit that started, that was already starting to do research on how do you retrofit um, companies that make uh, things for war, you know, like fighter jets and, and things like that, because they're not going to do that research until they have to. And we're, they're just going to keep making things that, uh, as, as long as it can be sold. But if we could think of ahead of time, what else can they make? Um, and, and different companies, obviously, there's a lot of different things that are made and purchased by uh, the Defense Department or purchased for the Defense Department. So looking for giving them that information on how they um, do not become obsolete ahead of time. Yeah. Nancy.
5: Yes. Okay um <laughs> so i have some really good news we have a new co-sponsor uh who will be on the, on the official bill probably by friday and this is a result of us trying to get a meeting um with her office for advocacy days and it's robin kelly from um illinois and thank you Seta, for doing this <laughs> so um if you're trying to set meetings, you know you could tell them they don't have to meet with us if they sign on before <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so we have uh, we have about I don't know twenty five meetings that we're hoping for. Uh, a lot of folks were still waiting to hear back from. We have two confirmed meetings. One on the twenty seventh of. <laughs> whatever month that is, September at one o'clock Eastern time. And it's with actually Congresswoman Barbara Lee. And um, if you wanna be part of that meeting, um, please email me and let me know that. Uh, So nancy at peacealliance.org and I'll put you on the list. And then the second meeting that's already confirmed is on Tuesday, the 28th at 1 p.m. with Representative Dwight Evans from Pennsylvania. And again, if you wanna be part of that meeting or you know somebody from Pennsylvania who does, please uh, email me um, and I'll pass that information on to Laura, uh, who's in charge of that of that call and if you uh, hear from any of your folks uh let me know that the meetings have been confirmed and uh, if you want to you know if you want to schedule any meetings and you haven't already told me about that um that would be great to know also so because we're trying to coordinate the schedules and we can provide the zoom link uh, for those meetings um what else what else uh, we're working on a legislation uh, sheet of uh, other peace related bills that we're endorsing, and Laura has done an excellent start on that. So we'll get that out for you to send to your uh, Congress people when it's done. And um, I just put it in the chat, I think, um, <laughs> about uh, where yes, um, uh, Kelly um, O'Brien is thinking of uh, doing that a I'm video um, on why.
2: Because I'm also on a Zoom in the other
6: year.
5: On why you're for Department of Peace building, so we would love everybody to um, videotape themselves uh, either on your phone or I guess you can do it on, you know, by Zoom, and
0: a Zoom phone, call yeah. or
5: something. Um, anyway, if you would get that to her by um, about October 15th, and we'll talk more about that. And um, any any other questions about Advocacy Days? Um, Congressional meetings. It's the whole week of uh, September twenty seventh to October first, and we'd love to have any of you join in those calls.
0: Or before, if they, if uh, representatives said they can't make that week, but they'll. That's they'll true. Continue. We already
5: we already completed one with uh, one of the San Diego representatives. So um,
0: yeah. And if anybody, there are um, videos online on how to request a meeting and how to conduct a meeting. But if um, you need, and I think it was in the email that that was included, the links to those from last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if anybody just wants to have a conversation on where do I start if I want to participate, you can also email Nancy at Peace Alliance and we'll we'll give you some one-on-one attention um, if you'd like to participate but aren't sure where to start.
5: And I know we're almost at the end of the call, but I would love to hear um, where folks are from who didn't get to introduce themselves.
0: Yeah, Bonnie, Lee, I I muted you because you were in another conversation for a second there, but if if you'd like to unmute and say hello. Whoops. Hi, everyone. Thank you. I've just
4: been listening and you're correct. I have been in another conversation, so thank you. Uh, where
3: are you from, Bonnie?
5: I'm in Colorado. Oh, oh
3: great! We have been in Colorado
2: for a while. Great.
5: Where in Colorado?
4: Uh, I'm in the Denver area.
5: Okay, that's where I was born. <laughs> ah, yes, and then I went to school in Boulder. Great, well,
0: I'm glad you could join us. Roman, we've heard you speak, but we we didn't say here a hello and where you're from. Aloha, so you know, hallolulu. We got it.
7: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great, is there anybody I missed? I, I think that's everybody that
5: have to say hello and where they were from, yeah. And, and Jana I'll put the link for next week's call um, in the chat so you can uh, access it this is uh relating to Zoom camisa, and so you can access it through that or through our e yeah
0: and jana thanks for putting links through there throughout the call and everybody again you can save that chat and review the links um, more fully after the call uh, does anybody have a closing quote for us
3: mm-hmm.
5: Well, I could pull something from my handy dandy basket of wisdom. <laughs> uh, this is a Lakota saying um, to go on a vision quest is to go into the presence of the great mystery.
2: Mm. Beautiful. Yeah,
5: that's sort of what I feel like we're doing here. <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you, everyone. Members of the Department of Peacebuilding Committee, if you could stay on after the call, but we're going to end the recording and end the call. And thank you all for joining. And remember, we've got uh, three more calls on Wednesdays in September. So we hope to have you join us for all of them.